would like to welcome everybody to another edition of Truth Seekers. We have Adam joining us today. We will introduce him in a second and be off and running in our conversation. Just want to remind everybody where you can find Coach Nick and myself, Coach Josh, of course, on and anywhere you watch your podcasts. So we have Adam joining us today. He is the owner of Rock My Resume and Jackson Square Company. Adam, thank you for joining us today. Thank you for having me. It's a pleasure to be here. Absolutely. So owner of a couple companies, a lot going on. Why don't we start out with maybe what's going great in, in your businesses? I know that you know, both of them are kind of mission directed and having a lot of success early on. So just maybe give a brief synopsis of where you're at right now. Sure, absolutely. Thank you. So, um, so yeah, as you said, uh, I have two companies. One is a recruiting agency called Jackson Square Company. Uh, here we specialize in sales positions, anything that's revenue generating related. Uh, we also do, you know, marketing positions and things like that. Um, so last year, unfortunately, the pandemic happened, as we all know, and it was not good for the recruiting industry. Uh, as you can imagine, companies you know, really couldn't, uh, couldn't hire because, you know, things were just, uh, everything was a question mark, you know, no one knew what would happen. So uh, I was in a position where I had several contracts with clients and unfortunately they decided uh, to freeze hiring, which is very understandable. Uh, and then I was kind of sitting there, uh, my income had froze at that time as the owner of the company. And I kind of, uh, you know, had to determine, you know, what's the next move. So uh, I actually just, uh, you know, to have something coming in, I decided, you know what, let me do a couple of resumes. Let me help people write their resume. Uh, so I did some resumes. I provided some career coaching and, um, you know, one thing led to another and, and actually decided to start a resume company because it was going so well. So um, eventually I wasn't doing the writing myself and I wasn't doing the coaching myself. We started to, you know, hire more people. So now we have uh, over a dozen writers that uh, are writing the resumes. We have team leaders, we have chief resume editors, we have uh, career coaches, and we have career coach managers. So uh, we just launched the website in September of last year. And uh, we're also in the midst of redesigning our website. So um, a lot of exciting things going on. And, and uh, you know, uh, each month this year is actually a record month which is amazing, you know, and I'm extremely thankful for that and my team. So, um, you know, if I, it, there's no really one thing to attribute that to. It's just a matter of having the right people and all the hard work is just kind of starting to pay off, you know. That's so cool. Such a cool story that one business led to another because of something that was seemingly negative, but you took that as an opportunity. And uh, I actually want to pass this off to Coach Nick. Whenever he he you know uses his body and he gets all excited, I want I want him to ask the next question. So, <laughs> Coach, <laughs> yeah, absolutely. What, what's sticking with you, Coach? What did you notice, and what do you want to ask Adam? Ah, uh, just you get to choose. Right? Like here's here's the scenario: the the environment gives us something which can be perceived as negative, can be perceived as not working, can be perceived as problematic. The world's ending. But we get to choose to see it like that, or we get to see choose to see it as an opportunity. How can I change things now based on what I know is true? What might be available? What can I create that didn't exist before? What something now that I can put out into the universe that just quite frankly would not have been there if everything was just the way it was? Right, right, so I think it's spectacular, right. Adam. What a great actual real example of that. So congratulations. You, yeah. So, so appreciate cool. it. Yeah. Tell, tell me it's in the all moment. about adaptability, right? Being able to adapt to the right. market. So, so I, I was working with the companies finding employees, and now I'm working with the employees or the candidates trying to help them find companies to hire them. So, uh, believe it or not, I'm actually having a lot more impact on on, on lives 
because instead of doing, you know, as, as you may know in recruiting, you know, you can be profitable at, with one deal every two or three months by closing one candidate uh, as a small as a small agency. But with uh, and, and then, of course, you're getting one job for one person, you know, several times a year. But with writing resumes and, and doing career coaching and LinkedIn optimization and really helping people guide them in the right direction, we're able to help you know, dozens of people every month. So we already had over 50 orders this month and, and, and we're on, you know, around halfway through the month. So really uh, excited about that. And it's all, uh, you know, because, um, you know, we have kind of uh, adapted to, to the market and, and uh, you know, understood that, you know, instead of focusing on the companies, let's go ahead and focus on the candidates. And it really paid off in the long run. So uh, instead of hunting those, you know, big, uh, uh, what, what my friend Will would call those elephant deals. Instead, we're hunting these kind of squirrels, you know, and getting these smaller deals. So instead of the, you know, low, low uh, uh, you know, a high ticket, low volume, we're doing low ticket, high volumes. We're getting a lot of sales, but of course, they're much smaller than, of course, one, uh, one placement for, for recruiting. Mm. I can definitely attest as well. We're here in North Carolina. There are a lot more squirrels than elephants. <laughs> seems like yeah. a seems like a realistic uh, approach. I'm, I'm curious, Adam. I'd love if you would share in that moment, moments, hours, days, weeks, whatever it was, when you had that realization that like there's no more jobs coming in, uh, right. companies aren't hiring, my income's frozen. Like it's, it's right. not good. What right. what was the 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 thought process that you went through like what was mm -hmm. the realization moment like how how long did you spend in a place which was right. not good like how just talk us through that sure yeah yeah so it, this was march last year right you know as we all know so um i remember very specifically i was watching tiger king and i was watching <laughs> the uh michael jordan documentary because they both came out uh, right at that time so you know, once I finished those, <laughs> then I had to come back to reality a little bit. And uh, I kind of, uh, I, you know, I was, I was kind of twiddling my thumbs and I said, you know, what can I do? And I'm, and I'm brainstorming ideas and what I, you know, I'm, I like to take initiative. So I, I would throw down a bunch of ideas on a piece of paper and I just said pros and cons, you know, what are the pros and cons of going with each of these type of business models? And, uh, and, you know, it, I just, a lot of things that I do in business are trial and error. You know, you don't know if something works until you try it, right? So that's what I did. I tried out doing a resume. It worked out. And, I, and after just two or three of them, I said to myself, you know what? I can teach people how to write these resumes. And then I can also teach people how to provide the coaching. And that's exactly what ended up happening. So um, it's, just, um, it's just a matter of incremental improvements. And that's what we've been doing for a full year to get to the point where we are today with Rock My Resume just those small incremental improvements and all the decisions that we made three, four, five months ago, those are coming into fruition now, right? Me talking to my operations manager about, you know, having, you know, full-time writers instead of part-time or, or contract writers, you know, that's a huge difference. That's a huge change. So, um, you know, all of these big decisions, I, I um, you know, I, I think about, but of course you can't spend too much time thinking you have to implement, right? I mean, coach, how much is this resonating with, with our content? This is just perfect incremental improvements. I mean, that's what we preach every day because that's all we have, right? That's all we, we have these notions and visions of grandeur and how to make a huge difference. And there's coaches, one of the coaches favorite quotes is there's, there's no big things. It's all little things compounding on top of each other. Right. So I'm just, I'm, here's where my mind goes. I'm, I'm just curious, 
you know, I think it takes a lot of experience and uh, knowledge and wisdom and, and just going through some things to get to that level. Where does that come right. from? How, how are you, how have you grasped that concept? Where does that come yeah. from? That's a great question. So I would say the biggest, uh, my biggest asset in life is failure. You know, the, the fact that I've failed so many times in my life uh, allowed me to feel confident about making these decisions, right? So this is not my first company or my second company even, you know, this is actually my, my third and my fourth company. You know, my first company, you can call it a failure, but I started a, a, a events company in uh, New York when I was living in Buffalo. I was doing events at different clubs and different, uh, you know, uh, venues and things of that nature. Music, music uh, events, you know, uh, different types of, you know, clubs and things like that and, and parties. And then I moved, um, uh, and then when I was living actually in Europe, which we can get into in a bit. so. When I was living in Europe, I started a, a recruiting agency. That was my second company. That was called Gold Jobs. And I, I worked with um, companies all over Europe, call centers mostly, and just helped them with finding employees. So, um, so I tell people all the time, you know, I am one of the best failures that you'll ever meet, you know, because I have failed in all these different places around the world. You know, I failed in, in Israel. I failed in Europe. I failed when I was in China. I failed when I was in America. And, and the fact that I failed you know, I teach people, you know, two very important things for me in business is understanding how to fail and self-awareness. Okay. So understanding how to fail essentially means, you know, how to get back up, not, not, you know, not, not going out and looking to fail, right. But going out and, and taking risk, going out and taking high risk. And with that, when you fail, you have to kind of look at things in hindsight and say, you know, how did I react to that failure? You know, how can I be better? When I fail at something, how can I take that failure and take that energy of that emptiness and whatever that feeling of negativity is, how can I filter that and make it positive, you know, into the right direction? And then the second aspect is just self-awareness, understanding who you are, what you're good at, what you're not good at, right? So I'm not good at a lot of things, right? But I don't have to be great at everything. My employees all have to be hopefully great at everything. So my idea as the owner I want to surround myself with people who are smarter than me and people who are better than me at those particular things. And then I could take advantage of what I'm best at, which is, you know, communicating, running the teams, maybe, you know, helping with the sales process, improving the overall, you know, quality of the resumes and quality of the, of the uh, customer experience. So these are the things that I've been spending my time on now that I have all of my employees kind of helping me with, with you know, dealing with the, the particular orders and helping speak with the customers. Mm. so much there teaching would you say teaching people understanding how to fail and self-awareness right. mm. two of the most important things that that has led to my success so i i you know success is different for everybody um now i feel successful because of all the failures that i've overcome right so um we've spoke you know uh you know we had preliminary conversations before this and i told you about you know my life and all of the bad things that have happened to me and all the negative things, you, you know, you kind of want to use that as uh, 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 an asset, right? Because the fact, if you, if you were homeless or if you were poor, or if you didn't have, you know, any means when you were younger or even now, you know, you can, you can look at that as a disadvantage or you can look at that as an advantage. As sure. silly as that sounds, poor people can actually have an advantage. Why? Because they want it more, right? So, um, so I had, uh, you know, I had a, a difficult upbringing, you can say, and, uh, you know, the fact that I had, um, you know, seen kind of both 
sides of the of the of the table, right? Where I saw the, the the being poor, I felt what that was like, and I also felt the luxury life. So you know, having that contrast in life is, I think, is important as well. Yeah, so much of success is overcoming obstacles. I think that's a, I mean, that's been a theme in right. most of our episodes. So, um, you know, maybe if you could talk a little bit more about that, because uh, because it's it's difficult when you're in it, right? You don't see your right. failure as a good thing. And I think sure. that was the coach's, coach's first question was like, take us back to that moment and how did it feel to have your, right. your assets frozen and all that, but maybe talk a little bit more about those, those obstacles. If you sure. Can. So I can, I can touch on one particular scenario. So I was, um, and this is, I was young, I was 16 years old and uh, I wasn't a very good student in, in high school. And I decided that, um, you know, I, I had kind of enough, you know, I wanted to get to, to college. I wanted to get to the next level. I, um, I didn't value at high school education. My, my, my perspective changed since then. But at that time, I didn't really value the education that much. So what I decided to do is drop out. And when I did drop out, everybody around me, you know, kind of looked down at me and said, you know, get used to working at McDonald's, get used to working at Burger King, you know, you should be a burger flipper, whatever the, whatever the, you know, the, the analogy, whether it's a janitor or a burger, burger flipper is one of the two usually. But, um, you know, my family, my mother, my father, Everybody around me who were closest to me who wanted me to be successful told me that I would become a failure because I dropped out, but I had a plan. So I wasn't just going to drop out and just sit around. I was actually going to drop out and get my GED, which actually ended up happening. So I, I got my GED and uh, I ended up starting college at the age of 17, which is, you know, is, is a little bit early. So I went from being, a, you know, kind of a loser, someone who everyone said that he would not be successful, even people who had no business telling me that. Uh, to, to within a few months later, um, you know, they're congratulating me on being accepted to college before all of my friends. So that was the first time in my life that I actually took control of my situation. And, and I didn't allow other people to dictate my life because a lot of people will do that. Naturally, your parents want the best for you, but they also don't want you to take too much risk, right? They also don't want you to put yourself in, in financial harm or, or any harm, so to speak, so they want to keep you safe, but safe is not always the best choice, right? So my whole, my mindset since, I, since that time is, you know, high risk, high reward. And my brother actually is, is, is actually kind of the opposite where he has, you know, wants to take low risk, but he understands that it's, it's more of a low reward. So it's a different, more of a conservative approach as opposed to me where I'm a little bit more aggressive. Not to say one is wrong or one is right. It's just a matter of preference, right? So as that, the bias you have is towards action and knowing that, look, if it, if it doesn't work out, then great, I'll learn something and right. I'll actually get stronger because of it. Uh, that, I just dig into that because it's so powerful, right? Like that's, it's taking the, 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 your like certainty into the uncertainty. So anytime right. you put yourself out there for high risk and it doesn't work out, that actually put, makes you take even more risk but right. like it doesn't it doesn't slow you down it exactly. speeds you up essentially gives you energy from doing that so it's mm -hmm. like you want to you want to you want to have the balance between uh, like the self-awareness you took you, you talked about mm -hmm. it as like understanding the value of failure for the self-awareness so you can take the failures be aware of what didn't work don't do that but take the lessons and use them again i think i think that's what you're saying that that almost Absolutely. is the duality of life right because you've got on the one side you've got the, the the freedom to just move forward as much as you can and want and just do everything you like on the other side mm -hmm. of that there's the, the rigidity of like don't do anything because if you do something that like whams if you lose everything 
and you can't exactly. be over there all the time because you can't create more and be more and become more and like human civilization wouldn't be where it was is if people were over here but then conversely if it was all down to the freedom side what do you get then you get just chaos right so you've got to have that the self-awareness of one side of knowing that like you don't want to repeat mistakes per se but you do want to have them so you can take the lessons out of them to do it again so what would you what would you share with someone who and see like i look well i can say like it's all fine for adam because now he's on his third and fourth business and he's seen some success and then in some sense like the thing that he picked to work on in the pandemic worked but what about me what if I don't get that some level of success? What if I don't pick the right thing? What, what might you say to those people, Adam? Um, you're kind of just asking, you know, what about you know other people who are in a similar position who might not have that type of experience to fall back on? Yeah, absolutely. Like, what what might you lean back on to say, like, if I don't have that direct experience, and I can hear right. I can hear the example. I know it's true because what he's sharing is real examples of his life. Right. But that's okay for Adam. What, what about me? Like, how can I get myself to do those things? What sure. would you say to those people? So one, we'll take a step back and say right back to self-awareness. You know, what are you good at, right? You're not, if you're not a good writer, then you're not going to start a resume writing company, right? It's most likely you're not going to start a writing company. But it doesn't mean you're not good at presenting. If you're good at presenting, then maybe you can start a, a, a course about this. What do you like to talk about? You like to talk about finance? Start a finance course. It does, you, you don't, you know, understand the laws and understand what, what type of certification and what type of uh, uh, licenses you need to give financial advice. Or you, you know, use that disclaimer like they do on YouTube and they just say, this is not financial advice. And then they just give financial advice, you know. <laughs> so there's, there's ways around that type of stuff. And um, I would say for me, uh, once again, those, yeah, always, for me, it always comes back to those two things, you know self-awareness, you know, understanding what is it that you're good at, and then understanding that failure is, is imminent, right? You're going to fail. Just how, how bad are you going to fail is the question. And how are you going to react is the second question, right? That's, that's kind of where, where, where my head is at. And, and, if I, and if someone were to ask me for, for advice in that aspect, I think that's probably, probably what I'd say. That's so interesting to me. I want to I want to talk through my thoughts because I don't know how I feel about this yet because my perception has changed about failure. Mm-hmm. I, I think it's it's ingrained in us so early on that failure is a bad thing, right? Um, but but I, I'm well aware there's there's companies out there that promote failure in their company culture. I, I can't list them off the top of my head, but there's some famous examples of that. Right. So it's such a funny thing because we're just not taught that. But what what this conversation is centered around so far today is that. Failure is a good thing. And I think that sort of reframing, we've talked about reframing in, in past episodes with emotion and all other things, but failure in particular is so interesting to me because it means that you're not succeeding, but it's only if you end there, like if it's a blip right. on a much greater journey, it's just like, think of the stock market, right? It goes up and down on those low points on that day. It is the worst thing ever. You zoom it out over a 10 year period. It's like, oh yeah, remember that time? It was just like a little low point. So right. to, to have that perspective, I guess, is maybe my, where my mind goes. Of, it's just, in the grand scheme of things, it's, it's far less significant than what it feels in the moment. Right. So, so yeah, I, I feel a lot of business owners or people who are thinking about even starting a business, they're kind of paralyzed by that idea of what if it doesn't work out, you mm-hmm. know? And, and the truth is, a lot of businesses were never started because of that, because of that feeling that you get of uncertainty, right? Of, I don't know if this is going to work. I don't know how, how to be successful, but 
um, when I say, you know, failure is good, you know, failure, it's not, you know, I'm not saying you should go out seeking failure, but I'm thinking that when you, um, once again, when you're in this position where you're considering to start a company, you want to kind of map out, you know, what are the, the potential threats, right? What are the, what are the things that could potentially stop your income or prevent you from succeeding in your company? And one thing that I've really appreciated, you know, since we started talking, uh, Josh, is that mind scan. And, you know, you guys could do this mind scan, and I'm not sure if your viewers have seen this, but it was actually really insightful. And even as a career coach, you know, there's a lot of very useful information in there. So I'm, I haven't got a chance to read through the whole report, but I read through it, you know, briefly with you. And those are things that I'm always looking for is, you know, also self-improvement, you know, once again, these incremental improvements, not just for the company, also for myself, you know. Um, so, so at a younger age, I've kind of made a decision that every day, should be a successful day whether you fail or not every day should be progress right just because you failed doesn't mean you didn't make progress right so um so for me you know what what does that mean to make progress in a day that can mean anything that can mean applying for a job that can mean getting a new resume that can mean you know building a new connection that can be joining a new business network right so whatever that means to you however you're going to you know, uh, whatever you're going to do, once again, it's about those incremental improvements. So once a day, you make one decision a day, you know, and you continue to make these small improvements and eventually, you know, they're going to start to pay off. And um, I'm a strong believer in that. And I don't think, you know, uh, I think Jeff Bezos actually said this, you know, that, that he only makes a couple big decisions a day. He doesn't want to overwhelm himself. And I think that that is uh, a great way to, to live and a great way to run a business, because if you're the one that's making all the big decisions, you know, then, then something's wrong, right? As, as an owner of a company, you have to start to trust people. You have to give other people the keys to the door. You have to give other people the ability to make these types of decisions, because if you don't, you're going to be paralyzed with all these decisions to make every day because everything is connected to you, right? So I, I read it somewhere that a successful business is a business that will continue even if you're, even if the owner or the CEO is not around, yeah. right? So that's what I'm trying to build. I'm trying to build a company where, you know, God forbid something happens to me, the company would still, you know, be able to run successfully without, without me having to be kind of that, um, that center, right? And, and that focal point. Uh, exactly, right? Yeah, it's like the, the bottleneck, right? Like every, every leader of the company uh, is the bottleneck, no matter how successful or not, is right. the mindset and skills of the leader. So you want to get yourself out of the way as quickly as you possibly can, right? right? Every company that we're running should be run to exit. Even if you don't want to exit, it should be in a way right. that you can. So as you said, step away, still works. Otherwise, you're just a high, highly played employee. Maybe not even highly played because of the... Yeah. <laughs> company right you're probably not paying yourself much can be in, in some circumstances so like always running that is so important and i think uh just to just your question overall about failure coach i think it's good to define as well what we actually mean by failure right because there, there could be but people have there's socially accepted meanings for for words that we have in the english right. language but everyone has a slightly different version of what that is right and so you could like clearly adam you've got a very healthy meaning i'm not sure quite sure the meaning is but of what health of what failure is but mm -hmm. we could define that right and we we might right. say that failure is just when you give up but that's what failure is mm -hmm. and so maybe the maybe the other definition of failure is that when it stops working well what does that even mean 
it right. stops working like it doesn't work out like you said it doesn't work out like you're referring to someone like the someone else in in this space like oh i don't i'm not right. gonna start in case it doesn't work out well what does not working out even mean does that mean if it doesn't get yeah, that, that's a great up, question um, it's not there yeah you gotta define it right so i think i think everyone kind of has their own definition of failure for me um you know failure it, 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 the most, for example, the most recent failure that I have is I wanted to do affiliate marketing, right? And I wanted affiliates to send traffic to my website. So I signed up with, a, with an affiliate marketing company. I started signing up with affiliates. I started paying them to build good relationships. At the end of the day, I was really just coming out of pocket for, for nothing. They really weren't providing much value for me. So at that point, I had to, had to look at, you know, the facts, okay? I said, how much did I spend with this money? It was roughly about $1,000 that I spent with them. And, and until I found out that it really wasn't being that profitable. So now I have a choice, right? And I have a, have a, I'm at a crossroads. I can keep, keep investing time and money into that, or I can start to, I can quit like a failure, whatever you want to say. I can take it as a failure, take it as an L, and then move forward and, and, and readjust my strategy, focus on the things that will be successful. So it's like, okay, I could check that off. So once again, you can look at it as two ways. You can look at it as a failure, or you can look at it as a success. Because now I check that box, right? Yeah. But now I'm not going to do that. So now I know that I'm not going to do that. I spent, let's say, $1,000. Now I don't have to spend more money on doing that. And now I can focus my time and energy on other things. And, and me and my operations manager, we constantly were working on it. And we spent more time than money on that, on, on working with affiliates. But in the end, we were pushing something that wouldn't work. So we had to kind of go to other sources and find other solutions of how to, how to acquire new clients. Yeah. Iteration. Uh, so Tony Robbins' quote for you is that the only time we fail is when we when we give up. It's like okay, yeah. So that's a great that's a great one as well. So you can look at it as, as a small failure. You can look at it as, as as a failure where once again, if you quit, then then you're a failure. But at the end of the day, it's not over, right? If you're unless you're dead, it's not over, right? And that goes for relationships. That goes for you know business. That goes for friendships. You know, if you guys are still alive, you know, it's not over yet. So. Um, so, you know, even if this business, you know, doesn't go well, uh, the next two or three months, you know, and I have more and more failures than I had in the, in the recent months, you know, how I react to that is really going to define my business, really. So, um, so I'm not expecting to have record months for the rest of my career at this company. I, that would be a little bit far-fetched to believe that eventually it will plateau. And at that point, we're going to have to kind of readjust and, and understand how we can continue to increase the, the volume. Cool. Yeah, there's there's always more, right? There's no finish line. It just it just keeps going and going, which you know it depends how you define that too for yourself. But I, I think that's uh, one of the, the greatest blessings is that we can just we keep going. We can keep growing. We can keep going. I want to uh, switch gears a little bit, Adam. I want to ask you because awareness is this seems to be a, a common theme that we keep coming back to. Maybe right. talk about what is the most recent lesson that you've learned in your resume writing business. What have you? What have you come to the conclusion of? What have you, what's so, the last failure maybe that you've gone through? That's great. That's a great, uh, great question. So you get, you learn more from the customers that are dissatisfied, right? Than you do from the customers that are satisfied. When you do an order and, you know, we get, we get the resume to the customer and we did a great job. You know, we didn't learn much from that, right? We learned kind of what we did right. But when we get feedback from a customer and let's say, for example, um, we have a lot of issues with um, content writers, as you can imagine, you know, and, and, you know, we, uh, we say, you know, this is a collaborative effort, right? So it, it, sometimes it's hard to level with people. And also in a, in, a, in a culture in America where the customer is always right, 
we're actually not building the resume for the customer, right? We're actually building the resume for the prospect employee, right? For the, excuse me, the prospect employer. So the person who's actually going to potentially hire them. So that's why, you know, a lot of times we have to, you know, and so, so the most recent kind of adjustment that we made was how to handle customers. So I explained to everybody, we had a meeting, I said, okay, this is how we, you know, if a customer is dissatisfied, first thing we do is we tell them, we justify why we made that decision, right? Why did we build a resume like this? Why, because some people say, this is too wordy for me. Well, you know, we want to be detailed, right? So we have to explain things properly and we have to do them, you know, efficiently with the right verbiage and whatnot. So uh, I'd say that, that to kind of wrap it up, the most recent failure, uh, the most recent thing that I've kind of learned from is one of the one of the customers that uh, recently said that she was kind of dissatisfied with with um, with the service. So what what can I do after that? Once again, I have a meeting internally. You know, I talk to the career coach. Say how do what happened with this? How can we improve this? How can we avoid this from happening in the future? These tiny little conversation incremental improvements of once again having the writer say here this is what we suggest now if you want us to write it your way we will write it your way but since we're the ones who are certified we're the ones who write resumes for a living this is what we suggest so that's so that kind of we are uh, we, some changes that we made internally due to due to one customer uh, that got a little bit frustrated with the process because um we also have multiple coaches we have multiple career coaches and i want them to stay with one coach Right. Ideally, I'll stay with one coach. Uh, this customer worked with one of my new career coaches who was not qualified to do all the other things. So then we had to switch her to the other coach who did understand how to do, let's say, interview coaching and LinkedIn optimization, which my, my newer career coach, her name is Maggie. She, she's not trained on those things yet. So uh, understandingly, we had to switch the customer over and then the customer was frustrated because she kept speaking to different people. Right. So uh, the process for my company is, is once again, continuous improvements. I'm always looking for ways to improve the customer experience, improve the quality of the resumes, and also improve the, the quality of life for my employees because you know, I don't wanna overwhelm them. And uh, you know, I think having that, uh, that work-life balance is extremely important for a lot of people. Uh, for me, it's, it's not so important because I, I'm obsessed with success, you know? but I think that um, uh, some of the most p successful people in their field have that type of obsession, right? Like um, Michael Jordan, for example, right? Uh, I, I, some would say that it's an unhealthy obsession, right? But um, I would definitely define that as an obsession. <laughs> I, so I come back to, we want to satisfy our clients, our customers, right? Because what happens when that happens, they, they want to tell people about it. They're going to have a good experience. It's just spreading good vibes about, about your company. So I think it's it's always a give and take, right? Because there are people out there that just will never be satisfied. That's just the cold hard truth of it. But right. to, to have your approach of like always, you know, always improving, always taking information in. Right. You know, it, it just reminds me of the principle of, of meeting people where they are. And, and Coach and I do that every day in our practice because we can understand the concept so black and white so, so well. And if, if our clients are, are not there, we have to get them just to the next level of whatever that means for them. Mm -hmm. So when I, when I hear you say, like, you guys are the experts, you know what you're doing. But if a client comes in and just totally rejects your process, you have to meet them where they are. You can't just argue with them and, and let them or tell them that, that your way is right and that right. you're just going to do it that way. You, you, you have to work with them, right? So it's, it's that process that, and from what I'm hearing you say, it, it makes you better. It makes you and the company better because 
like you said, the one manager might not have that experience yet. Well, you only get experience through through doing it, right? So it's right. it's only a matter of time before that person does have the experience, and then and then the company gets better for it in, in the end. Right, and, and that goes for you know you can you, you can say you can categorize mistakes in the same area where it's like you know they have to make these mistakes. Some of these mistakes are are needed now. The mistake where she wasn't trained and we were, you know, we had to pass her to the, the customer to a new career coach. That's kind of on me because we didn't have her trained quickly enough, efficiently enough. That's, that's on me. I take the responsibility for that. But she made mistakes on the call, right? She made mistakes dealing with the customer as well. Uh, but once again, she's new. So these mistakes are important. These are good mistakes. I told her these are good mistakes. As long as they're not happening in a year from now, they're, they're good mistakes because you're learning from them. And this is still part of your training. So she thinks that, you know, her, her training is done and her training is ongoing, you know, just like everybody's training in life. You know, nobody, nobody's perfect. Nobody uh, uh, completes the, the last stage, the last level of life. You know, this is all, we're all on our own, you know, in our own uh, video game or in our own level, you know? So, you know, I don't compare myself to other people. I don't look at my competition. I actually don't know much about the resume editing industry because I don't look at the competition. But now I'm in a position where, I, these things do have to start being put into consideration for, you know, marketing reasons. So Adam, so to bring us home, I'm going to kind of open this up for a, a free play for you. If you want to maybe talk about your company a little bit, I'd like to know maybe about the vision you see or where you're going or maybe the mission mm -hmm. or, you know, maybe something you're aware of uh, as far as growth is concerned, but give maybe a little shameless plug about the company, maybe somebody out there that might be a potential client. What might you say, or what might you share uh, about your company? Uh, a lot of times I like to share kind of the process of how, how it works. Um, uh, so if you'd like, I can, I can kind of go through that because it's, it's a rather efficient process. So, so what we do is we start off with an introduction call for the resume, of course, and they gather the information in order to build the resume. So uh, during the call, they talk about, you know, work experience, you know, their job, their criteria, what type of company, work environment, et cetera. Uh, immediately after that, they forward the information to the writer. The writer then does the keyword research and then starts to build the resume. So it could take five to 10 hours. At that time, they submit it to their team leader for proofreading. And then the team leader submits it to the resume uh, editor, uh, the chief resume editor. At that point, the chief resume editor sends it back to the writer. And then the writer makes the final adjustments before we send out the first draft. And that all happens within 48 hours. So as you can see, we have a kind of a, a great system and a great process set in place to ensure the quality. But once again, it wasn't like this, right? In the beginning, it was just me doing everything. And then as we started to grow, we started, I start. I was a team leader and then I promoted a team leader and then I promoted a team leader to the chief editor. And now I have an, another team leader. Actually, I just promoted today uh, before we got on the call here. So, um, so adding that extra layer of management for me is extremely important to, to scale the company. Um, but uh, to kind of take uh, on another question that you asked me, where do I see the company? Um, I'm a very optimistic person. So um, I, uh, I do believe that um, maybe not with necessarily the same name, Rock My Resume. I don't know how marketable that is. Um, I'd like to have something that's a little bit more geared towards careers and you know, helping people find jobs, not just resumes. Because once again, we do coaching. We also do reverse headhunting, where we go out and find prospect companies and find individuals within the company to connect with on LinkedIn, you know, get their phone number, email. So we have a lot of amazing tools not just resumes. And, um, and that's kind of where I see the company going. But I personally think that if we can get, um, you know, if we can kind of rebrand it, I'm, I'm very confident that we can eventually be uh, 
as silly as it may sound, eventually have an IPO and have a public company on my hands. Um, so that obviously is for me is the end goal. And to take a step back onto what Nick was saying earlier, having that end goal in mind in the beginning is also important. You know, before I did my first resume, you know, I didn't know that it was really be this, but I, you know, after a few resumes, you kind of have a, an idea of, okay, this is, this is going somewhere, you know, I want to take it a little bit more serious. And then you're kind of uh, thinking ahead of where, what can, how can I get to B, right? How can I get from A to B? If B is going public, right, which is a big step, right? How do I get from A to B? What are the steps I need to take in order to get there? And I'll be honest with you, I'm still all the way over here, but I'm making progress and I'm making progress towards that. So um, I say, you know, to all the people that I, you know, speak with for motivational speaking and training, you know, shoot for the stars, you know, shoot for the stars, you might hit the moon. And that's what I'm doing. You know, if I, if I fail at becoming a public company, I'm still very confident that the, that the company will be tremendously successful. Mm, love it so much. Coach Nick, maybe tell us something you're grabbing from today's conversation. What would you like to share with the listeners? What, and there's so much here today uh, and it's, it's so funny. There's so many principles in body that we, we talk about a lot, but what do you, what do you want to share? I want to thank Adam for sharing the story and like being in action of what's possible, what's true. And yet another example, coach, we see this all day, every day, because it's what we do, but most people don't. And there's plenty of opportunity out there to not see this type of thing that works. And so the, my biggest takeaway here to share with everyone is that, there's plenty of there's plenty of people out there doing the great stuff adam's a great great example of that like go out and get whatever it is you want wherever wherever in your life and it might not be in business it might not anything anything to do with business or career just whatever part of your your life like adam you said shoot for the stars hit the moon it's like know that anything's possible pick a pick a part of your life and see all of these principles at work principles of doing iterating along keep doing the small things keep doing the small things when it feels like a failure it's not just not it's just an iteration it's just the next step just just it's just you allowing you to play yourself the next version of the, of the next game like the bigger game and then the bigger game and continue onwards so appreciate appreciate you coming on and sharing today and thank you thank you guys i, I really appreciate it. it's my first podcast so i'm, I'm really excited hey. and uh hopefully it's the first of many and if you guys would like to invite me back for our part two i'd be more than well more than happy to to do that yeah, I love that idea. My my takeaway today, I'll, I'll bring us home here, is is the uncertainty and reframing that. If it feels uncertain, the coaches is building off of what you mentioned about, like go go get more of it, go pursue something. If it feels uncertain, you know you're in the right place. Then just keep pushing through that because it's always darkest before the dawn. You use that as the blinking light indicator that something really good is about to happen, and and you you can't fail as long as you keep going. You can't fail. Awesome. Adam, I'll give you the opportunity. Any last word that you want to share? You've already no, said I mean, once again, I, I, I appreciate you guys having me. And the two things that are important to me, you know, you know, understanding how to fail. It's so important in life. And then self-awareness. Who are you? What are you good at? What are you not good at? Focus on those things that you're good at. So that's it. Thank you guys so much for having me. It was an absolute pleasure. Keep up the great success. Look forward to having you on the show again. Look forward to it. Wonderful. Thank you.